we don't need social media for KJ to be social. She's very social. Through COVID and homeschooling, Mm -hmm. she's been just fine. Society's family unit is in crisis as less and less people are making the commitment of a lifelong partnership together. It has been normalized, encouraged, and easier than ever to just throw in the towel when the going gets tough. With time at a premium, start by spending 20 minutes per week gaining thought-provoking inspiration towards a journey of self-improvement, ultimately improving your marriage, your family, your health, and your home. When should your kid get their first smartphone? How much TV time should your child have each day? These are tough questions and there's no right answers. Today, we're going to dive into how to limit kids on their tech use. We will discuss our situation, experience in navigating these waters, and three tips to improve the ground rules for your kids and your home. Welcome to this episode of the Family Order Podcast. This is our seventh part of the summer series on parenting. Today, we want to have a discussion regarding technology limits with kids, and this definitely includes smartphones. Parents have always had to decipher when it was the right time for kids to have a lot of firsts in their life, but it's now more complicated than ever. Yeah, I think though, what's the first time that they drive a car? When's the first time they do walk cross street by themselves? Have a drink. Have a drink. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) This is especially true with smartphones. Why? Social media is the main reason. It's been coming out in recent years regarding the dangers of social media, ranging from inappropriate content, online predators, lack of physical activity, increased rates of depression, and many other bad influences. Technology has always been a battle, though, as parents from the 80s and 90s thought that TV and video games were turning their kids into zombies. It also reminds me that parents thought that music or TV was the bad influence that was going to corrupt their child, and now it's turned to social media or other things, Mm -hmm. other influences. So the average age for a child to get a smartphone today is said to be 10 years old. Crazy. This is when they get their own smartphone, by the way. This isn't just a regular flip phone. That's What's has a flip phone? Cellular capability. <laughs> <laughs> but is that the right age? Cadence is nine, and she has several friends with smartphones mm-hmm. already that are their own phone, not just them borrowing their parents' phones. Their own phone, their own number, mm-hmm. and nine years old. Yeah, and when you think about it, even texting is a bit of a, mm. you know, email is one thing, but snail mail used to be the way you communicated with mm-hmm. people. You wrote, write a letter and, calls. yeah. But, and if you talked on a on a phone, people could hear you. You were in the house. There was the a, sometimes a long cord on that phone. Mm-hmm. You know, now people can just text anything they want, anytime they want, and you don't know who they're texting, and you don't know what they're texting, and what they could be getting in return. It's all in private. And it's even worse with being online, being able to chat with people in chat rooms or whatever the case. It's a little scary in some ways not to be neurotic about it, but these are things you have to consider and kids don't know. In some ways, kids are very much developed ahead of where we were at their age, but in other ways, it feels like they're way behind as well. 
at the very least, very naive. So it's hard to say what the right age is for sure for a kid to get a smartphone. It often depends on the situation. We've even said this too, that if you have a, a kid that's about this age and they're off doing practices or after school activities, if this is the only way they can contact you and keep in touch, especially if they need a ride or if an emergency arises, it's really up to the parent though. It's really up to the situation at hand. Technology does keep moving forward and you don't wanna feel like you're holding your kids back, especially if their friends already have this stuff, right? I wouldn't say it's the sole reason to get something like this, but it may be a little bit of pressure to make you feel like, okay, it's, it's probably time to give on this. Cal Newport is a computer science professor and an author of seven books, including his work on digital minimalism. We've actually referred to him in past episodes. But he's quoted as saying, I lean toward waiting until at least 16 years old to give teenagers unrestricted access to smartphones. In the interim, feature phones can be used to support their ability to text with family and friends. The evidence around the harmful effects of giving a hypersocial and volatile adolescent brain unrestricted access to brain hacking services like social media and video games is worrisome. In most cases, it's easier to work on solving the social issues surrounding having no smartphone at that age than it is to solve the issues caused by having one. And keep in mind, we've done some research on this, and some of the same people that made slot machines and gambling very addictive to the brain have studied it, and they have purposely made social media, smartphones, games of all types very addictive on purpose to get you coming back. As kids, we didn't have much exposure to technology. We were children of the 80s and 90s. (laughs) Today's world has changed very fast, though, and it keeps evolving. So a little bit about my experience with technology use as a kid. We had a TV in the main room. As a child, we didn't have TVs in our bedrooms, which I can go off on a huge tangent with this. My parents had a TV in their bedroom, but us children did not. We had a TV... We didn't even have cable, though. We had a landline, and I got my first cell phone when I was 15. My brother played video games at friends' houses, but we didn't have a video game system at our house. Yeah, my childhood didn't have TVs in every room, but we did have, and granted, we're talking about tube TVs. Like, they weren't flat screens. We did have a computer. We We had a huge computer. Mm -hmm. I didn't have my (laughs) own computer until college, and that was a big old desktop computer. I didn't even have a laptop till late in college. I think even maybe after college was my first laptop. My parents did have a bag car phone Mm -hmm. in our old Buick. Sure. Well, my home didn't have... Yeah, too much to do with the technology. We had a computer when I got a lot older, finally, a big, huge, huge computer (laughs) setup. And I think my first laptop was in college, late college. Mm -hmm. I think you got me one as a gift. Mm -hmm. Video games are very different now than they were then. Back then, they were, you know, just in the console. No, we didn't even have have that. I had the original Nintendo and Sega and stuff like that. Like weird cartridge thingies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, and yeah, they weren't online. It was very different back then. Video games were, you know, somewhat addictive in a way, but they weren't anything like they are now. And 
Grand Theft Auto, I think I've read <laughs> that they did so much research on the flight simulator when you when you fly a helicopter in that game, it is super realistic. The graphics are very different, and especially the online play with other people has dramatically changed. But we had a few simple, basic video games that we would play, and you know, you'd have a little party with friends. You could only play four at a time, but that's definitely changed and evolved. So as far as TVs, I would definitely be against having one in my bedroom when I was a kid. That probably wasn't a good idea. So our kids are much further ahead of where we were when it comes to being tech savvy. In fact, Braden at 16 months old knows how to swipe and drag his fingers on different types types of touchscreens. And we didn't actively sit him down and teach him that. No. He just sort of picked it up by watching He actually us. isn't allowed to have our phones. <laughs> no. It's not like Cadence where you're like at a restaurant. You're like, okay, here you go. And yeah. she plays with it and knows how to work it and can do things that we don't even know how to do. Braden, we've, we have yet to do that. He's not allowed to have our phone. But the times that he has grabbed it or something, he immediately knows what to do because he watches us mm-hmm. do it. It's crazy. And when KJ was two or three, she thought every screen that she encountered was a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. That's what she was used to growing up. She didn't even know what a mouse was. But we have a landline currently uh, for KJ to use at our house. We got that for several reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one was safety purposes. This was a few years ago, but... Uh, we just wanted to give KJ a means to call people that she wanted to talk to. It was also a cheap option for us at the time. Yeah, it's only um, $10 a month. <clears throat> right. <laughs> but we we did think if something were to happen to us, and it's just say it's just me and her at the house and I fall off a ladder, um, she'd be able to call somebody if I'm unconscious. Say, like, say she can't find your phone right. or she can't remember the passcode because she's upset. She can't unlock she can't, it. Yeah. She can't figure out how, how to even make an emergency call from it. But with that and the other pieces of technology in the house, we did draw up a technology contract mm-hmm. with KJ because at the time we felt that she was abusing her privileges with her iPad and using our phones like crazy mm-hmm. to play games and watch videos and not do the things she was supposed to be doing. So a little bit about example of our contract, just some things that we would encourage you to include in yours um, if you choose to do so. Obviously have some general rules of technology. The main thing is, is that kids have to understand that the use of technology is a privilege, not a right. There is no child out there that has a right to have a smartphone, a right to have an iPad or a TV. It is a privilege. They have to earn it and It can also be taken it. away. Exactly. It's just like a driver's license. Mm-hmm. Definitely include a limit when it comes to weekends and holidays, especially if your child is still in public school. Uh, because obviously they're not in the home during the day. So when they get home, you don't want the only thing that they do to be to sit on technology or in front of a TV or something like that. A big thing for us, which Cadence knows frontwards and backwards, is no downloading anything that requires the purchase of money. Uh, she has asked us several times to upgrade games that requires money. I have all of that disconnected from all of our devices, and she knows that she is not allowed to purchase anything. Also, that children need to understand generally that 
They need to be charging their devices when they are not in use and storing them in the right place. They aren't laying on a table or a couch. Cadence has this issue with her laptop and her iPad, quite honestly, a lot that they'll just be laying on her bed or on something the floor. or on the floor. And it's like, no, it needs, if you're not using it, it needs to be charging. More specifically, definitely include more specific things when it comes to like iPad use. So iPad or smartphone, you know, only appropriate games, no texting or FaceTiming with people without being approved. We do have some blackout times when it comes to technology. We're not just talking about iPads and smartphones here. During family meals, when we sit down to dinner every night, there's no TV on. We will have music on in the background, but that is it. If they have, if Cadence has friends or Mm -hmm. if we have family over, no iPads out. Like typically we'll have the TV playing in the background, but no iPads or computers out. If you have friends over, you need to be playing. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's inside, outside, upside down. You're not going to be sitting on an iPad. And I have been known, she has friends that come over that have smartphones and Mm -hmm. I make them put their smartphones up. Yep. I'm sure that her friends think that I'm such an uncool mom, but I'm sorry. You came over to play with my daughter. You're going to go play out on the swing set. Yeah. You are not going to sit there on that phone. Spending time together doesn't mean you sit next to each other on the couch. Exactly. Swiping away on your phones and iPads and yeah. stuff. I have been known to do that to her friends. So, and I don't care that it embarrasses her. Also, you want to make sure that there's consequences in your contract. What happens when they break the rule? Do they lose the privilege to screen time into other devices? Do they get a timeout in their bedroom? Do they have to do extra chores that they don't get paid for? Like we said, we have a landline. uh, So we do have some phone use rules for Cadence when it comes to that landline that she always has to answer when we call. So let's say that we're out on a date night or something and we can't get a hold of the babysitter or something. This hasn't happened. But if we were to call the phone, she has to answer. Or, I mean, I've been out and about, and you've been downstairs, and you're not answering your phone. I have a question. I call her landline. We never call people after 7 p.m. That After 7 o'clock is when we are winding down for the night and getting ready to start our evening. She's not sitting on it for hours either. Phone calls are always 10 minutes or less. So definitely have a time limit on there. And then also make sure that your kids get your approval before making any phone calls. Cadence is not allowed to, just because it's her phone or her landline, she's not allowed to just make phone calls whenever she wants. She has to ask first. Also make sure that there's a way that your kids can earn extra screen time. Can they do some extra chores after their schoolwork is completed, of course? Do they have the opportunity to take their iPad or their laptop with them somewhere? We let our daughter take hers to out to my parents' lake house every once in a while um, for an added security of being able to get a hold of her. The big thing with this contract is it's not just a verbal rule. We literally have this written down on a piece of paper that Cadence has signed, um, saying that she has read and understands the rules of the contract. So it's very important to have that, and I would say display it as long as it takes to kind of ingrain it in their head. We definitely saw some benefits of the tech agreement, and we will provide this resource in the near future for parents that would like to use it or modify it to their own situation. Uh, That's totally fine. Here are three additional tips we would recommend to parents to establish some boundaries and improve tech use in their home. So number one is to find a balance. The world is becoming more digitally driven 
and it's not all bad. We have new tools at our fingertips like never before, but parents need to have a way to set limits and make sure their kids aren't accessing inappropriate content and becoming too addicted to their technology. Set screen time limits and make sure your kids get plenty of physical activity and it's bonus points if it involves being outdoors. Mm -hmm. So number two, model the behavior. Kids will follow your lead on this. Be sure to show them how to have a balance with habits such as not having your phone at the dinner table. Turn off the TV when you're talking and having a family discussion. No screens in the bedroom. Things like that. Kids kids emulate you. And, and I'm really bad about this and Cadence is too. Obviously, my <clears throat> job involves social media. So I'm on my phone quite a bit. I really am. I mm-hmm. try and limit it during when I'm working. But people do try and get a hold of me about certain things all day long. For example, my phone dings that I have a text message. Cadence has gotten really bad about being like, I'll get it. I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to get up and run to your phone and check it every single time it dings. So I make a conscious effort to just let it sit. Well, and that leads to number three, the third tip, having general family rules around technology. And make sure you discuss it with your kids about why you have these rules. Because just telling them what to do and they don't have the why behind it Mm -hmm. it just feels like you're being restrictive and being mean i think that you need to have an idea around tech use around you know family dinners around vacations when you're running errands what's acceptable what's not because it's up to you to teach them they don't know that there needs to be guardrails on this they don't understand the risks and the reasons why there are negative effects to being on a screen all day. So it's up to you to be the parent and help teach them not only what they shouldn't do, but why. We create passwords for all of her accounts and we must know all passwords. If we cannot get into something, that technology is immediately taken away. And there's serious punishment if we are not allowed to get into something. Make sure that you create passwords, encourage other activities, make screen time a privilege that must be earned, and dear Lord, no TVs in the bedroom. Nope. This is in all capital letters on our outline. Ben and I took our TV out of our bedroom six years ago, I want to say. At least five, maybe six years ago. It has been absolutely amazing and it's never going back in our bedroom so we have two tvs in our house one in the upstairs living room one in the downstairs living room and that is it please 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 keep the tvs out of the bedroom no one should care more about your child's health and future more than you do as parents this advice can go for a three-year-old all the way up to adults watch out for warning signs of tech addiction such as being bored or unhappy when they don't have their technology in front of them tantrums when you talk about limiting usage and if screen time is interfering with their sleep and social life or communication skills can be big red flags. Technology can provide so many great opportunities, but it can also have some very negative effects. Encourage your kids to be tech savvy and engaged with it, but make sure that they know how to unplug from it as well. Kids using electronics is great for keeping them busy, but remember that they need to have a healthy balance as well. This week's call to order is very simple. Develop a family tech agreement for your home and for your family. This can be very simple, so don't overthink this. 
You also don't need to spend too much time on it as there are several resources available out there. Find some healthy boundaries and establish some reasonable limits for yourself and your kids that will improve your marriage, your family, your health, and your home. If you're ready for your marriage and family dynamic to thrive and not just survive, all it takes is 20 minutes or less joining us each week. It begins with a journey of self-improvement while you sit in the carpool lane, commute to work, squeeze in a workout, or get halfway through folding that laundry pile. Be sure to check out the blog at thefamilyorder.com and follow us on Facebook at The Family Order. If you're ready to start your journey, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss new episodes every Monday.